0: The female athlete triad is a medical condition observed in physically active females involving three components, low energy availability with or without disorganized bleeding, menstrual dysfunction, and low bone density. All active females should be assessed for components of the triad and further evaluation should be performed if one or more components are identified. The OBGYN has the opportunity to screen athletes for components of this triad at comprehensive visits for preventive care. Using the menstrual cycle as a vital sign is a useful tool for identifying athletes at risk or those diagnosed with the female athlete triad. Let's talk about that next. Using the menstrual cycle as a vital sign is a useful tool for identifying athletes at risk of female athlete triad, and it should be an integral part of the preparatory sports physical. Now, menstrual dysfunction, including amenorrhea in a female athlete, may be the initial presentation of the female athlete triad long-term risks can include osteoporosis and fracture, psychological effect if an eating disorder is present, and diminished athletic performance. The main treatment goal is restoration of menses by restoring a better energy balance, maintaining and restoring bone density, and treating any psychological comorbidities. Now, even though we referenced this at the start of the podcast, it's worth saying again. The definition of the female athlete triad is a medical condition observed in physically active females involving three components. Low energy availability with or without disordered eating menstrual dysfunction, and low bone density. Remember the clinical pearl, though, that this is a spectrum, and all three don't have to be present to identify females at risk of this condition. The female athlete triad, again, is a spectrum. In a healthy athlete, an optimal balance between energy availability, bone health, and menstrual function exist. Optimal energy availability results when dietary energy intake, Minus exercise energy expenditure leaves adequate energy for remaining body function. Low energy availability is associated with hypothalamic dysfunction and subsequently will negatively affect menstrual function and bone health. Low energy availability may or may not include disordered eating, so we have to be on the lookout for that. Disordered eating includes a full spectrum of abnormal eating behaviors ranging from just simple dieting to clinical eating disorders. The prevalence of clinical disordered eating has been reported as 16 to up to 50% in slender billed female athletes compared with just 0.5 to 10% in the general female population. Remember, as a clinical pearl, that disordered eating in this population also may involve the deliberate restriction of caloric intake for the purpose of being leaner. This can lead to or already indicate an existing eating disorder like anorexia nervosa, bulimia, and of course, binge eating. Alright, now that we've covered the issue of low energy availability and eating habits, let's come back and focus on menstrual dysfunction. Menstrual dysfunction ranges from infrequent cycles to primary or secondary amenorrhea. Remember that primary amenorrhea should be considered for any adolescent who has not reached menarche by the age of 15 years or has not done so within 3 years of telarchy. Additionally, lack of breast development by age 13 years should also be evaluated. Now that we've covered cycle issues, what about the implications for bone health? Let's do that next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One of the effects of hypothalamic amenorrhea, as seen in the female athlete triad, is a decrease in systemic estrogen levels. This results in a negative effect, of course, on bone density. Low bone density is reported in 22 to 50 percent of elite female athletes compared with just about 10 to 12 percent in the general population. Remember that estrogen plays a role in osteoclast and osteoblast activity in maintaining a balance between bone formation and resorption and inhibiting bone turnover. Young, healthy females achieve 92% of their total body bone mineral content by the age of 18 with peak bone accrual between the ages of 11 and 14 years. Osteoporosis later in life is not always caused by accelerated bone mineral loss in adulthood. It can also be caused by a failure to obtain optimal bone mineral density during childhood and adolescence. Because of the differences between athletes and non-athletes, the American College of Sports Medicine do have criteria for BMD screening in the female athlete. Now, if bone mass loss is a consideration, then it's important that when BMD is measured, the Z as in zebra score is obtained and interpreted. The Z-score compares BMD for age with sex-matched controls, whereas the T-score that's normally used for peri- or postmenopausal women compares BMD with that of a 30-year-old woman. So, using a T-score in this relatively young population is not applicable for an adolescent patient who is an athlete so Z-scores less than 1 in an athlete does warrant further investigation. Notice, we've covered the triad already, abnormal energy expenditure, menstrual dysfunction, and of course, its effect on bone mineral density. Well, what about management? Well, the goal of treatment for those diagnosed with the female athlete triad is restoration of regular menses as a clinical marker or reestablishment of energy balance and enhancement of bone mineral density. The female athlete triad is a result of energy imbalance, so adjusting the energy expenditure with appropriate diet and energy availability are the main interventions. Non-pharmacological interventions, including family-based therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, has also been shown to be effective interventions for disordered eating when that occurs. Treatment can, however, be challenging if the athlete, her family, or even the coaches feel that weight gain increases the chance of poor performance. However, it's the opposite that's actually true. So, setting realistic goals with the athlete, her family, coaches, and healthcare team to stratify risk and return to play may be necessary. Pharmacological therapy in the management of this female athlete triad remains somewhat controversial. Pharmacological treatment may be considered when non-pharmacologic treatment has failed. Let's talk about these options next. Pharmacological treatment may be considered when non-pharmacological interventions have failed. Cyclically or continuously administered combination OCPs ranging from 20 to 35 micrograms of ethinyl estradiol can maintain BMD in those with very low BMD. However, there are some methodological flaws, high dropout rates, and few adolescent age participants in trials that have made this data hard to interpret. Nonetheless, the use of OCPs in this patient population is a clinical recommendation. Also, estrogen therapy with cyclic progesterone may be considered transdermal estradiol at 100 micrograms or 17-beta estradiol, along with cyclic progesterone may be considered for low-weight amenorrheic athletes who meet criteria for pharmacological intervention. However, here's a clinical pearl. For sexually active adolescents the combination of transdermal estradiol and cyclic oral progesterone in the recommended dosages to treat the female athlete triad is not effective to prevent pregnancy. So special consideration must be given in the sexually active amenorrheic athlete. The sexually active amenorrheic athlete does pose additional challenges. With restoration of a positive energy balance, ovulation will likely occur before spontaneous menses, so this increases the female's risk of unintended pregnancy. So most contraceptive options will actually mask the resumption of spontaneous menses and that loses it as a marker of improved energy balance. So that's a dilemma. Long-acting contraceptive options, including the implant and progesterone intrauterine device, should still be offered despite the risk of menstrual suppression. This is because, in women who regain ovulatory function with an increase in energy expenditure, the risk of pregnancy, again, if they're sexually active, is still very present. Alright, as we end the podcast, one of the last clinical pearls. Remember that in women who suppress menstruation by continuous birth control use or a progestin-releasing IUD, we can no longer use menses as a vital sign. So, in these cases, monitoring BMD with serial dual-energy X-ray absorptiometry scans may be necessary. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. In this session, we covered the female athlete triad. The information for this podcast comes from the American College of OBGYN and their committee opinion number 702. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.